This is Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 19. Today we're going to talk about beliefs. Hi, my name is Thomas Miller. This podcast might ruffle your feathers a little bit. But if it does, that's okay. Let it. That's what we're doing is we're opening up to some new ways of thinking. But this one, we're going to go pretty deep inside. And even by listening to it, you might find yourself a little bit challenged because we're going to talk about your belief system or even to take it a step deeper, your value system. What we believe drives who and what we are. But we're going to explore some interesting concepts today of how we get to these beliefs and why we are so darn reluctant to let them go. I'd like to start today with a letter from one of you from Australia. It says, good eye, Thomas. <laughs> I had a good friend that I used to fish with who was from Australia, and he'd say, good eye, Tom. Good eye, Thomas. Hello from Australia. I have a story for you that's too good not to share. A couple of weeks ago, I discovered your podcasts, and I've been making my way through them during the drive to and from work as well as on my breaks. I was listening to an early episode, the one on the law of polarity, when found the hardcore skeptic in me rise. Not because I don't believe in the law of polarity, because I believe in it very strongly, and it has prepared me for both good times and bad. In that episode, number four, you mentioned the law of attraction, which is something I very much don't subscribe to. In fact, I found myself thinking very ungenerously, what a load of shit. These were the exact words in my mind, this person writes. What a load of shit. It was a busy afternoon at work, and I had to skip my lunch break. By the way, this will make you laugh. I'm a nurse in a burns unit, and that afternoon I was the bad-tempered nurse trying to coax unwilling patients out of bed. Imagine my surprise when I heard Dr. David Slater's story. He's uh, the one that we interviewed in a couple of podcasts about his skydiving accident, and he was in a burn unit for many years. She goes on, Believe me, I know what he went through, and I work with it every day. At the same time, I was thinking about what you said in Episode 4 and completely disagreeing with it in my own mind. So my most prominent thoughts were, Law of Attraction, what a load of shit, and I really want a packet of chips. I think you can see where this is going, she writes. After my shift, I was too exhausted to stop off at a convenience store for a snack and drove directly home where I found the exact same flavor, sized packet, and brand of chips that I had in my mind all afternoon while I'd silently been scoffing at the law of attraction. My partner of 20 years had decided he'd grab a snack for me on the way home after seeing a movie. He rarely buys me snacks, and he certainly doesn't buy me chips because he knows that I usually don't eat them. I think it's fair to say that the law of attraction slapped me upside the head. So I really appreciate that person writing from Australia, that burn unit nurse in Australia. Wow, what an amazing platform for us to talk about this today, because what we're going to talk about are beliefs. Our friend in Australia had a belief that the law of attraction was a bunch of bunk. And what's really funny and is such a great basis for this talk is that while she was justifying that belief all day long, the universe was in the process of showing her something completely different. 
Now, you know that this podcast series, if you've listened to any of the prior episodes, now this is working from number one up here to number 19, not if you're following the iTunes chronology and working downward, because in those earlier podcasts, we've laid a lot of groundwork for why we're here, who I am, and where all this has come from. But you know that this basically transpired from me turning my life around very later on in life. A lot of people in their 40s and 50s have kind of given up. You know, they've become skeptical. They've become cynical. They're like, oh, I'm too old and it's just too long. You know, I just I wrote out recently a plan for the rest of my life up through 106 years old. I've asked the universe to double my my life. And as I was writing out the various decades, my 70s, my 80s, my 90s, I created this amazing life. So don't you dare tell me that I'm too old for anything. I'm going to be physically fit and active well into my 80s and have a, a just an amazing plan for the rest of my life. Then we'll just give that over to the universe and let the rest work itself out. But in changing my life so dramatically at age 47, beginning the process, one of the things that had to tumble, one of the things that I had to address were the beliefs that I had held so tightly for all those years. I had to analyze all my belief system and really shift a lot of things. And I'm just in the process of changing some of the most major of the deepest rooted beliefs that have been holding me back. And this is the whole point of this talk, is that we build these cocoons, we build these shells around our beliefs that we're not going to let go No matter what, it's almost life and death. What's really cool is when you work with people on this and share these principles and other people get it, and then their life changes for the better. I remember last early last year, I was part of a group of about 40 people that met online. They were from literally all over the United States and all over the world. There were several foreign countries represented. But this group of people came together to take their lives up a notch over a 90-day period. And as my story came out and that I really shifted things in my late 40s, there was a person who was just completely dead stuck in her job, and she was stuck in her life, basically. And when she heard my story, it just clicked, and she reanalyzed a lot of her belief system that had her stuck, and it was too late to do anything about it. She believed that, and that drove her inaction in this case. But when she was willing to throw out that belief, analyze it, toss it out, and revise that belief, say, that's a bunch of crap. I can go do anything I want. Within three months, she had the job of her dreams. And she kept thanking me over and over for putting her at least in that position. I didn't do anything. I just told my story, and she connected with it. And that's why I'm doing this here on this podcast is basically putting it out there and then figuring that some of you will connect with exactly what we're talking about here. All right. So regarding our beliefs, I I think whether you're either in the kind of the camp of the lifelong learner, you know, there are some people that don't hold a lot of rigid beliefs. They are explorers. They are adventurers. They are open to new concepts and new ideas all the time. But even those people, even the most open still have a clenched fist around certain beliefs. Or you might be like my mother who felt that she owned the keys to life and she was going to cram them down your throat. You were going to learn her way and do it her way. 
So regardless whether you're more open or whether you're more rigid in your belief system, we all hold on to beliefs and we hold them dearly because this is one of the most personal things in our life. Where do beliefs come from? Well, I think mostly they are either taught to us in our early development. They're taught by our family and school and church in those formative early years through our formal education, or we learn by observation. We see things and we conclude. We draw deductions, and around that we build a belief system. Now, typically, we might adopt those early beliefs, especially the ones that are taught to us. We might adopt them as truth. They are our family truth. They are our church background truth. They are our spiritual truth. They are our core values of God, family, country, and we might live out those beliefs. Sometimes they serve us, and sometimes they don't. Or, We might rebel against those beliefs. We might see a dysfunctional family and not be able to wait to get out. And this is where a lot of people turn to drugs and rebellion and alcohol and a dysfunctional lifestyle is that they're rebelling against the belief system or even the lack of belief system that they were exposed to in those early years at home. Then eventually, hopefully, the belief system is rebuilt and a new structure of experience and learning and new belief system is developed. But as we are adopting these beliefs, they become very personal because they are a part of our heart and soul. I mean, we created this belief. We adopted this belief and our belief system in some way or another serves us. It makes life work or it allows us to live within the dysfunctionality and make life work. You know what I mean? It might be a belief system of survival, but if it comes with the passion of our family and we're taught in school and we don't ever challenge that, that's a very personal belief. If it's something we reconstructed, then it's also a very personal belief because now we observed the way it really should be. So what happened in my own life, and definitely is something that I've seen and observed in working and talking with other people, is that we are really reluctant to release our beliefs. And those really core, deep beliefs become our values, and we would die for our values. We value freedom, and we will fight for it. People in a number of countries around the world over the last five or six years, including here in America, have been taking to the streets because they see things that politicians are doing that they disagree with. And they're willing to go into the streets and even be arrested because of that value. Parents will defend their children over values that they believe are right to teach them as a heritage. So in talking about this, I completely respect the value, the integrity, and the importance of beliefs and values in our life. They are very personal, they are very important, and because they so directly affect the outcomes of our life, it's something that periodically we need to sit down, take a look at, and evaluate. Our beliefs are our identity. They drive our actions, they drive our responses. They are often the basis of friendships, possibly even a career. From the area of faith and spirituality, they define us as far as our relationship to God, eternity, the meaning of life. At home, they define our families and how we raise our kids. And in politics, well, you just only have to watch any political TV show to see that we are quite opinionated about how our government should run. So you could think of beliefs like the operating system of, the, of our human computer, 
I record this show on a Mac. I switched from a Windows machine about seven years ago and will never go back. Well, never say never, Thomas. Steve Jobs, we miss you dearly. But one of the problems is, and I'm talking about more of our beliefs now rather than our values. The values, I'm not going to as much go there. That's a whole different discussion. But our beliefs about the way things are, the way life is, the way life should be, rarely can hold up consistently. And that's mostly because of how we came to adopt our beliefs. They were taught or they were observed. They were based on our own experience. Well, when you open up to the great vastness of the universe, you find pretty quickly that there is some other experience viewed through some other person's eyes and a whole other set of belief systems that is equally accurate and equally serves that person. Yet, our beliefs are our beliefs, and we are very resistant to let them go. You know, I've come to realize that the greatest enemy to our personal growth and development is resistance. And we resist so much. If you were to ask me, Thomas, what is the one thing that you would advise somebody to do if they wanted to turn their life around? It would be lay down your resistance. The less you can resist, the less resistance you have, the more and more and more new dimension your life can take on. The universe will open up to you when you lay down the resistance that holds these old beliefs in such a firm grip. So what are some things that we can do to improve our belief system? Well, step number one, analyze your beliefs. What serves you and why? This is where a good journal some relaxing music, maybe some candlelight, a beverage if you so choose, and just getting in that space of opening up your life and taking a look at it. Capture your beliefs. Ask yourself and listen for that still, small voice. Why do I believe this? Is this universally true? Is this a belief I would be willing to let go of? Does this belief serve me? What fruit in my life has come from this belief? Has it been good fruit? Or has it been a challenge to hold on to this belief? How has this belief affected my friendships, my career, my family, my friends, my health? Pay particularly close attention if one of the beliefs that shows up has a negative or a judgmental kind of connotation to it. Now, sometimes those negative beliefs are out of the survival mode, but be extra careful as you're noting a belief that carries a negative connotation with it. We're going to work through the process of how to deal with those in just a second, but put a star by those. Those are the ones you want to come back to especially. Second, as you're going into this exercise, simply be willing to lay disempowering beliefs aside, no matter how entrenched you are with them or how entrenched they are in your life or how long you've been holding them. I have to tell you that there has been for me now, at least for me in my experience, tremendous freedom and release in not holding a firm belief because for one thing and one primary reason is that when we release that belief and let go of it, it opens the universe to surprise you. Remember how we started this podcast with the letter from our friend in Australia, and she had not even released the belief yet. She did after the bag of potato chips showed up, but she hadn't, she hadn't released it before. 
but that's exactly illustrative of the process that I'm talking about. We hold a belief because something triggered it. Something gave us, something gave that nurse in Australia the reason to not believe in the law of attraction, the reason to doubt it, the reason to debunk it. And with valid reason from her past experience and teaching, that belief was held in her mind. Problem is, it kind of goes against one of the primary laws of the universe, and that showed up in a very unique way to get her to look the other direction. And that's what's really cool. If you open up, if you just open up, lay down the resistance, that's why I say laying down resistance is key number one to transforming your life. Because as you lay down that resistance and you open up, see, she was really open. She was she was holding on to it mentally, but in her heart, she was really open. She wanted to believe it. And that's why it that's why it manifests so quickly. And that's another good point is sometimes our head and our heart are in conflict with each other. Our head is holding on to something our heart wants to open up. So she got surprised by the universe. You know, there's another point here that I wanted to make along this line. And that is, have you heard the illustration? I'm sure you have of, you know, think of a big, huge wall and think of that big, huge wall as all the knowledge in the universe. And if you walked up to that wall and just put a pencil dot on the wall That is your perspective. That is your total sum of knowledge, no matter how educated or uneducated you are, no no matter how long you've experienced life and how many stories and notches you have on your belt. That's your sum total experience of your life and your understanding of life compared to the reality of the vastness of life. In the Landmark Education Program, when they do uh, introductions and start telling people about what Landmark is about, they have a great illustration of this. They put some circles up on the board, and they, they talk about three spheres of knowledge, basically. One is things that we know that we know. Like, I know that I'm going to put on a black embroidered work shirt and a pair of khaki jeans and go to the office this morning. I know that I know that I'm going to do that. I know how to do a podcast. I have the equipment set up. I know how to work through the process of preparation, and I know how to deliver it and edit it and put it up on the Internet. I've learned that skill, and I know that I know when I decide to go do a podcast that all the resources are there for me to do it. Another sphere are things that we don't know, and we know that we don't know them. Conversely, I know that I don't know how to perform surgery. If somebody's life were dependent on my ability to perform an open heart surgery procedure, they would be screwed. I don't know how to do that. And I know that I know I don't know how to do that. There's a third sphere, and that is things that we don't know, but we don't know that we don't know them. And in the landmark presentation, They talk about that is the sphere of what landmark education is all about, is generally opening people up to things that they don't know. But at this point in their life, they don't know that they don't know them. And that certainly was true for me when I went through that program. It opened me up to a whole new way of thinking. It was a world of freedom and a world of opportunity and possibility. And it was just a great, refreshing way to look at life. Still, it took me a couple of years to knead all of that material into the dough of my life. But when I first started that program in mid-2008, I thought I had all the answers. I mean, it was based on the Bible, and that was God's Word, so that was good enough for me. 
And see, it doesn't matter whatever source your truth comes from. It might be education. You might have a a PhD. You might have several PhDs. You might have several degrees of higher learning. Your beliefs might have come from a rich, steep family background of spirituality and, and religion in a certain denomination or creed or belief system. But at the end of the day, there are many things out there that we don't know, and we don't know that we don't know them. So point number three is to challenge your beliefs to see what still serves you or what doesn't hold up. I had a belief system that was deeply rooted in fundamental Christianity. So I had a very judgmental bent to my perspective toward people, toward life, toward everything. But I was taught that and somehow that stuck with me as it was Jesus teaching and doing God's will. And I built a belief system around that. I also had a belief system around that people would hurt me because as I entered life and entered my adult life in a context of a disempowering belief system, yeah, people did hurt me because I was attracting that. It's amazing when you let that go how people change. I'm really tearing that wall down, and it's amazing to see what's on the other side. It's like people change overnight. So after you've listed some of your major core beliefs down and you've just stepped into the space of a willingness to take a look at it, then directly challenge them. I mean, challenge it as though you were the attorney on the other side of the case. Is this really true? Could I prove this belief to a jury? Could there be an I don't know that I don't know out there regarding this belief? Could I just be holding on to something because it came down from generations past or because it was passed on to me from somebody or because of some funky interpretation that I conjured up while I was driving down the road one day? The other area to check on this is how much pride is involved. Are you holding on to this because of pride? You know, it's almost like our nurse friend in Australia. She was adamant that the law of attraction was a bunch of shit. Well, it was almost a prideful holding on to that belief and not even being willing to say, hmm, universe, I'm curious about this law of attraction thing. Would you just show me whether that's true or not? I mean, she didn't have to say that. Like I said, I think she was really saying that in her heart, but in her head, her cognitive side, her conscious brain was saying otherwise. And so obviously, step number four is to open up to the possibility of a new experience like a bag of potato chips actually showing up. Isn't that an amazing story? Her partner brought home a bag of potato chips. He never buys her snacks. He never buys her potato chips. She never eats potato chips. But she had this firm vision of a particular brand of potato chips on her mind, and he had them waiting at the house when she got home. Now, do you think that her belief system about the law of attraction will shift just a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, duh, yeah. And do you think her new belief system will serve her better? Absolutely it will, because now she'll start attracting things into her life. She knows how to do it. All she needs to do is just say something's a bunch of shit, and it'll probably show up in her life. No, I'm just kidding on that, too. But you get the point. She now has a new way of experiencing something that she didn't know she didn't know. Or in her case, it might be that she thought she disbelieved something that actually ended up being true. So the best way to do this, the best way to open up to the new experience is to release resistance. That's job number one in transforming your life. Release every form of resistance you can. Another great way to put boots on the ground with this is to catch your reactions. Watch what happens when you respond to something. 
what belief is that coming from? Is that serving you? Really, is that serving you? And are you willing to change and adopt a new belief? I trust this will help. It is paramount. It is vitally important that we analyze our beliefs often if we're going to take our life truly to higher ground. My name is Thomas Miller. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.